Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. There is such a beautiful mind-body connection. That's how God wired us. And so both in faith and the spiritual part, as well as the physical part, it manifests itself because God designed us um, and our emotions are powerful in, in how they affect our physiology. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, eight years ago, when I finished my breast cancer treatment, my doctor told me that I had three jobs to do my part in staying cancer free. Those three jobs were to maintain a healthy weight, to exercise daily and to eat nutritionally. I was motivated and it launched me into a new journey of pursuing a healthy lifestyle. I've lost weight, lowered my cholesterol naturally, and I feel better than I have in years. In last week's episode, my friend Dana Dimitri joined me for a conversation about the things she wished she'd known and done earlier in life. There was one more thing on Dana's list that we decided to save for an episode of its own. She said that she wished she'd been more intentional earlier in her life about taking care of her body for health rather than beauty. When I saw that on her list, I asked her if we could do another episode and talk just about pursuing a healthy lifestyle. And she said, yes, Dana loves encouraging women towards healthier lives in body, soul, and spirit. She's a retired registered nurse, author of seven books and a veteran health and weight loss coach. I love Dana and I loved our conversation. I think you will too. Listen in. Dana, it is so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for being willing to join me again. I love it. It's always fun. We have, <laughs> we have real discussions about real issues. That's right. Whether whether it's in person and you and I are just hanging out or whether it is, uh, is something like this, that you're exactly right. Uh, we talk about the real stuff of life. So the last time we talked, you... Um, you were sharing that as you have approached your 70th birthday, and now you've passed your 70th birthday, you have really been thinking about lessons learned in life and uh, lessons that things that you'd wish you'd known and you'd done earlier in life. And um, we'll make sure and put 
a link to that episode in the show notes of this episode. Um, it was so good uh, to have that conversation. But one of the lessons that you've also talked about is the importance of taking good care of your body for the sake of health rather than beauty. And that's yeah. what I really want to talk about today. Um, that's been a journey I've been on as well. Uh, you and I are both breast cancer survivors and, uh, health becomes pretty darn important when you face something like that. I know for you, health was already important before you faced it. For me, my breast cancer was a wake up call for my health. So, um, what let's, let's talk about that. Dwell, um, on taking care of your body for the sake of health rather than beauty. Talk about that. Why do you think that that is important? I will say I did the opposite. I mean, my, my whole history, it was, you know, this young woman that thought I was too fat and I, I, I did the craziest things and I've been coaching women for years. Um, and still, I feel like, a big motivator is beauty. And, and don't get me wrong. I understand. I want to look and feel my best in my clothes and feel good, you know, and we want to be attractive to our husbands if we're married or, you know, maybe you're single and you want to be attractive to a prospective husband, whatever that is. Yep. But hey, Jill, I do think we need to turn that upside down and, and make beauty is, is the secondary reward because we really do impact our longevity, our quality of life greatly by our lifestyles. And I feel like I coach so many women 45 plus, but as we've talked about in the past, how fast time flies, I was just 43 minutes ago and now I'm 70. Um, and I do believe that the years, you know, I started out so unhealthy. I was bulimic in college. I was, all I did is care about, you know, I drank diet soda like crazy because it had no calories. See, it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to be lean. And of course, back then I wasn't worrying about aging and I did, I took diet pills and crazy stuff, but I still see women, mature women, you know, looking at this, this diet pill or this particular kind of a diet that may not be the healthiest thing for her just to get that weight off. And I'll just get it off and, and then I'll be able to keep it off, which is of course a lie as well. And so I, I just really want to, uh, encourage women to think about everything we put in our body um, has an impact. And I'm not a fanatic. You've had, we've had lunch together. We've spent enough time together. I eat real food. I mean, I, I, I do choose wisely. And I'd say I'm kind of on the 80, 20 plan for life where 80% of what I put in my mouth is absolute pure, excellent nutrition, the best thing I can drink or whatever. And then I have a little bit of fun Maybe more often than not, I might be 90, 10, but I have my my 20% days where I have a piece of that wedding cake and I'll have, you know, whatever. But I do feel like one of the reasons I have been aging decently well for, you know, for 70 and my, my health, my vitality, my leanness and all is because I have focused much more on health in the last 20 years than I have on beauty. In fact, you know, it's really maybe for the, with the exception of taking collagen supplements, because they help, you know, our skin a little bit that is, that's aging. Uh, it's really about functionality and feeling good and having a, a, a quick brain, a 
relatively quick brain. <laughs> so, but, but all these things, uh, I believe we can prevent disease. You know, food can be both a cure and a cause of disease. Sedentary lifestyles. They say that sitting is the new smoking, that literally sitting for more than an hour at a time, you and I've been sitting a little bit today, but you know, mm -hmm. we get up between these sitting episodes and we get moving for a good five minutes and get our circulation going and do various things. These things are so important because you may live long, you may live to a hundred, but if you're living stuck in a wheelchair all hunched over, I've been noticing people all the time, especially, you know, older people out in at stores and stuff hunched over. And I go, you didn't get hunched over overnight. It's from mm -hmm. being inactive and not standing up tall and not using our bodies and getting those muscles in the back used and all these things. So it can make such a huge difference. And the, the really awesome payoff is not only do you maybe live longer, you feel great while you're living longer, you know, and to me, for what's the benefit today? I feel great. I want to be high energy. I want to have the zest for life. And, you know, none of us can have it 100% of the time. But boy, I think we can have it most of the time. And yeah. you know, some of us are blessed with a stronger constitution than others. But I really do believe 80%. 70 to 80% of what we do uh, is much more impactful than our genetics. So yeah, maybe 30% is out of our control. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think I was first kind of introduced to this when my, my oncologist, after I finished my cancer said to me, after I was done with all my treatments, he said, you have three jobs now. And I said, okay, what is that? And he said, I want you to keep your weight at a healthy level. I want you to eat nutritionally and I want you to exercise daily. And you do those three things and you are going to greatly reduce your chance of recurrence. And that for me was a huge wake up call. Like, I think that was the moment that I was like, okay. I need to pay attention to this. I really need to understand this. And up to that point, um, I, I was uh, not regular on my exercise. Um, I, I ate whatever I wanted. And, and now I operate kind of like you, you know, more like the 80, 20, maybe even the 90, 10, um, you know, if we're celebrating, I'm going to have a piece of cake. I'm going to have a piece of pie. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, it's recognizing I have a lot more uh, control yeah. over my health than what I realize. Absolutely. It's so true. And there's just things that we can learn and do, and we don't have to do it all at once. I think that's another thing. I mean, you had... And we both had a very strong, I call it a click factor or a motivating factor. When you're faced up facing off something, major health issue, potentially life and death. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little more motivated than normal. But I would say to the average person who's struggling and you don't have one of those pressing motivating factors, number one, I, I think some negative motivation can be good. We're all at risk. One in eight women will get breast cancer. But you know that more women post-menopause die of heart disease than anybody will die of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, these bodies are actually 
they're miraculous, but they actually are quite fragile. And what we do starts to add up year after year after year. So what I but what I wanted to say to your listening audience is you don't have to do it all perfectly and all right now. Um, if you get that big motivating factor, like Jill and I have had, you got cancer diagnosis. Yeah, probably good to jump in with both feet, like all right now, as best you can. And you probably will. But if you're kind of struggling, and this is part of the the whole thing, Jill, the, this battle of the flesh and food, and I get it because I was out of control bulimic as a young woman, but you don't have to do it perfectly and you don't have to do it all today. Yep. You start just building new habits and taking these little incremental steps, even notching up your nutrition 10 to 20% yep. and taking 10 to 20% less junk out and upping your activity 10 to 20%. That can make a huge difference. And then you get good at the 10%. Now let's add another 10%. Yeah, we can, we can do it. And, um, but it is amazing. We put women often on uh, what we call phase one elimination um, in, in our Thrive diet, Jill, and the, and the level one is so simple. All we do is ask them to remove all grains and all added sugar for 30 days. Or mm-hmm. sometimes we can even say 14 days, but we do these little 30 day jump starts. And you would be amazed at how many women say just making that change for 30 days makes and how they feel. They drop weight, but how they feel, energy level, um, bloating, aches and pains. It is amazing what just that little shift. And we have all sorts of um, replacement kinds of recipes so they can make muffins that are grain free and I'm tasty, not cardboard. Like, <laughs> yes, recipes. yes. I know. You know. I, I get your emails and I'm, I'm not a part of your paid community, but I get your emails and oh my gosh, I've made several of the recipes that you guys have sent out and I love them. Yeah, they can, it makes all the difference. But the point being, it doesn't have to be about complete deprivation or anything like that. But what I'm saying is little changes. These women are like, wow, I wonder what would happen if I made a few more changes. And if I learned what my body's kind of sensitive to, and what if I did, instead of exercising three or four times a week, do some activities seven days a week and what, and they start to get motivated, but they're not trying to do it all at once perfectly. And if they mess up, they have to start all over. No, it's just, it's, it's progress over perfection and having the freedom to go, you know, God is delighting in each small step I take. And my goal is just to change how I look at all this. And it is, it does get easier. And if you focus on deprivation, you're going to feel miserable. If you focus on the health side and how great you're going to look and feel, and you know, yeah, we can, we can add looks into that. You're going to look better, but you're going to feel awesome. Yes. That's probably one of the biggest changes I've noticed, Deanna, is particularly on those days where I do my 20% or my 10%, like I'm, I have a piece of cake or I, you know, have some pizza or something that we don't normally eat regularly anymore. We used to, but we just don't regularly. And I'll notice how I don't feel as well. I don't feel well after that. Like, I think that's the thing I've noticed is as I focused on health, I've noticed, wow, this kind of food doesn't bring about energy and health for me. And I I think I wasn't aware of that before. Well, no. And when you eat healthfully, most of the time, your body is so cleansed that then when you eat the junk, you're like, 
oh, well, your body's just like in shock. But it goes to show how much progress you've made. And then when you start to just think about what's going on, you know, we learn about um, as like the stats your doctor gave you, if you're overweight, way higher incidence of, of breast cancer or recurrence of breast cancer. We look at um, things like red meat. I'm not anti-red meat, you know, and when I do occasionally have it, I do have grass fed and all that, but we do know um, dairy and red meat are, are more potentially carcinogenic than many other foods. And so we can modify how much and how often of these things. But when you start to study just even the basic nutrition of, of how God created so many beautiful phytochemicals and in, in foods and blueberries, yeah. everything, all the colors of the rainbow and the foods he's given us and all these nutrients, lycopene and tomato, tomatoes is super cancer fighting. Uh, the cruciferous uh, vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, all those super cancer fighting. And you start to look at these foods and they're like, I'm putting these in my body and they're little warriors going to work for me. And by the way, all those things can't seem, can't, are fighting uh, cancer cells and so forth. They're anti-aging too. And, and, you know, we think, well, I don't have breast cancer. You know that some experts say that any woman over 50, of all the women over 55, probably 50% of them have some breast cancer cells in their breasts. They may not have a tumor. They may not ever show up on a mammogram and hopefully their body's doing what it needs to do. But everything we're doing every day, our body's just like, thank you for the resources or gee, thanks a lot for that load. I have to dump out of my body somehow and figure out a way to put all, where, I, where do you want me to put all this junk? It's like your kid's coming up from college with all their junk. Like, what do you want me to do with all this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I I did not have that perspective before at all, but now I really do and I think it's super important. I've even recently had um a victory uh I had high cholesterol and I did not want to take medication if I didn't have to. And so I really got serious about that and I uh, just went to the doctor literally just last week. And my triglycerides, my triglycerides I took with diet and exercise and some supplements, uh, I took from 307 to 137. And I, oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. And that was with diet and exercise. That was with just taking care of my body. And I'm so grateful. I don't think I would have had that perspective 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And um, now I realize I there's a lot more that we can control. And I think of it um, from a stewardship perspective, like we're stewarding this body that God has given to us. This is our only vehicle for life on this planet. It has to get us around the entire journey. And how it does that job is so dependent on the fuel that we give it and the care. You know, I think I look at exercise kind of like the tune-ups where our cars need oil changes and all that. We need to move the parts and get everything working and keep the structure strong mm -hmm. um, and, and then nourish it well. But as we age, our bodies are less resilient. And so we do need to look at testing. I think testing is important. Uh, I'm wearing a blood sugar monitor right now, a little okay. disc on my, my arm mm -hmm. because I'm, I was feeling like I was having some blood sugar dips and I wasn't sure. I discovered a couple interesting things, some foods that I didn't think should cause a problem. 
are making me spike and drop uh, a health food. I won't even mention what it is, but it doesn't matter. I'm learning. I'm always um, very on top of, of having my annual tests and looking. I have I have genetically uh, pre- predisposition to high cholesterol as well. I will personally, I will not go on a statin drug because of the side effects, but there are so many ways, as you've just proved, with diet, exercise, and, and proper supplementation, we can manage these things usually very, very well, especially if we stay on top of them. And so I'm just passionate about wanting people to have their best, best life and best, best life comes with best, best health. You know, we need to know the Lord and trust in him and we can't control everything. Disease can still happen. You know, I had women say to me, wow, how could you get less cancer? You've had the healthiest diet. You've been lean for decades. Well, as you and I both know, we both were diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm not saying for sure the reason, but we were in a, both had severe emotional trauma with, with some marital challenges. Uh, We just happened to have a real similar path there when it happened. And I do know stress is another part of this picture of, of health. We talk about what we eat and how we, um, how we exercise, but sleep, stress management. And truth is you can't completely control the circumstances of your life. What we can do is, is learn better and better tools for surrendering to the Lord and receiving his peace and bathing ourselves in that, but we're still human beings that, and, and so staying on top of all these things, we do our part. I love, there's a beautiful quote by Oswald Chambers. He says, we cannot do what only God can do, and he will not do what we can. And I think this is a beautiful little quote for when it comes to our lifestyle and our stewardship of our vehicles for life is God is like, look at all the foods I've given you that are good. Now, why are you buying all that stuff and all those crazy packages, kids? You know, I've got... I. I got a banana. You can peel it. It's perfectly packaged. You want something sweet? There you go. I got an orange. You don't even have to put it in the refrigerator. I've got all this wonderful food for you. And what is all that in your pantry? And I'm not saying I don't have any any bags or chips or you know uh, boxes in my my fridge, but I'm trying to keep them as natural as possible. And so we choose the healthiest chips when we are going to have them with you know, olive oil or coconut oil and sea salt and, and no uh, preservatives and all that stuff. And the body rewards you because that's yes. how God does. Yeah, he really does. Yes. Cause I feel better. I have more energy since I have really paid attention to that. So one of the things I love to do is to get really practical and to give people like next steps. And you've talked about some already, when I uh, teach this, and I know I wrote about it in my Empty Nest Full Life book that uh, when we take care of our body, we need to rest it, move it, feed it, and hydrate it. And you know, you might add anything to that, but let's talk about each of those for just a moment and what you have discovered as a health coach, as a, a woman that has really focused on uh, taking good care of your body for the sake of health. Um, and so let's talk with, let's start actually though, with feed it. Cause we were already there. What are some really yeah. practical, just beginning first steps that people can make to, uh, kind of ditch some old habits or old ways of eating and start with some new healthier ones? Well, what I said before, and I really do believe it's the simplest, most impactful um, dietary change is for a season uh, to remove all grains and all added sugar. 
um, seven days, 14 days, 30 days, I would recommend 30 days. And again, if you take that out, that's where most of the junk's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, whether it's the pizza or all the bread, the, the packaged foods, the desserts, all that stuff, you're removing 90% of the empty calories from your diet and just giving your body a break from those. And again, lots of replacements, I think are important for, especially for people that are like, I'm so deprived, I can't do it, you know, but yeah, fruits and veggies and lean meats and, and replacements, and you can have some potatoes. I mean, you can have everything else. Um, That will just make the biggest difference. It's where the biggest, the biggest part of the problem is there's other ones, but that's it. Um, You know, I want to add one thing there real quick. You said to give your body a break. I think what we need to understand is that when we put food that is um, more processed into our body, it makes our body work harder, right? It makes our liver work harder. It makes our digestive system work harder. And, Mm -hmm. um, And so what we need to understand is that we're putting a lot more stress on the body when we are feeding it more processed foods rather than uh, the, the, the natural foods, the, the fruits, the veggies, the lean meats that it was more designed to have. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, um, metabolizing food is the hard, even, even healthy food is the hardest workload the body ever goes through it really digesting assimilating eliminating food is hard hard work for the body and so that actually leads me to another really important tip for a lot of people not everybody but a lot of people and that is intermittent fasting um shortening your eating window how many hours a day you're actually eating and and lengthening your fasting all of us shouldn't say all of us, but most of us don't eat in the middle of the night. When we go to bed, there's people that get up, I guess, sleep, walk and eat, but that's the exception. But most people, you know, say you go to bed at, at 10 o'clock at night, you get up at six in the morning. Well, you've had an eight hour fast for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we like to encourage at the very starting place, just something as simple as a 12 hour fast. And that's not a long fast, but say you stop eating at 9 PM, you don't eat breakfast till 9 AM. That's just a um, a nice little 12 hour metabolic break. If that becomes your habit, say you've only been having a, an eight or 10 hour break, you've just given your body a little bit more margin to rest, and regenerate. Now, ideally, if you can stop eating three or four hours before you go to bed, so you go to bed at 10, you stop eating at seven, you've been able to digest some of that food most cellular regeneration happens at night while we're sleeping. And so if we cannot be working hard on digestion while we're sleeping, we can have more restorative because you said rest it, right? Not yep. both sleep as well as spiritual rest, physical rest in, in many ways, but sleep mm-hmm. is part of it, but also digestive rest. And yeah. so start and and I we tell our clients that are in the Elite Thrive Academy. We want to encourage everybody to have a baseline of a 12-hour fast. That's just the habit. Well, we can break it sometimes. Sure, you're on vacation, you're out late, whatever. But day in and day out, that's your usual. Then you can also practice more extended intermittent fasting, which you can take it to 14. 
15, 16, 18 hours. Some people do 24. We feel most women um, don't do as well at these really long extended fasts. You can on occasion if you want to, but your body will slowly adapt. So if you always say, I'm just starving in the morning, if you just add one hour at a time, you may be able to get to a habit where 14 hours is your norm. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of women that it was, it really was the um, game changer for them to get to do about a 16 hour fast many, many days. So they have an eight hour window eating window mm-hmm. and, you know, they might break their fast at say um, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then their eating window, window goes from 11 AM to 7 PM. And they might eat two meals and a snack or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the metabolic rest, it tends to produce what's called autophagy, which is, you know, many of us now have self-cleaning ovens, right? We turn on the thing and it cleans. Yep. Well, autophagy is kind of self-cleaning. You give your body a break from metabolism and it gets to go in there and clean at the cellular level. Mm. So then you start feeling better. So that's another way to rest it. It's a different yeah. kind of rest that can be really helpful. Yes. Oh, that's great. What are yours again? Rest it, feed it. Yeah, rest it, feed it, move it. Move it, yes. Uh-huh. And hydrate well, it. And hydrate it. So on the move it part, I do feel like people go, how often should I exercise? Every day. Now you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to get into our workout or be very active every day. I mean, if you're out gardening and working all around your house, when when I'm really busy and have a busy day and I'm all sorts of projects, I can get 10,000 steps, not even going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And while I want to have some concentrated cardio activity, you know, periodically on a Saturday that I'm that busy, I don't need to get a workout, but we need to move our bodies every day. And as I already said, you know, get away from sitting for too long, get up and, and do some intentional movement every couple hours, even if it's just marching in place, I'll, I'll just get up and go out and take the garbage cans down to the street or just do something that's got me out and moving a little bit for a couple minutes. You feel so much better when you do it all the time. So, uh, but then you work it up. And I think on in an ideal world, you're going to get 30 to 60 minutes of cardio a day. 30 is okay, especially if you're where you need to be um, fitness wise and weight wise and all that. If you want to burn more fat, um, you burn fat best during cardio. Uh, there's great benefits in, in the muscle work too, but I'd say 30 to 60 minutes of cardio almost every day. And then I would say 20 to 30 minutes of strength training at least three to four times a week. Doesn't have to speak super crazy. You can use your own body. You can use light weights. You can go to a gym. I do Pilates a lot. Stretching almost every day, some stretching. That's the third part of fitness that we leave out a lot. And the older you are, the The more you need it. I do. You get, I hear creak, 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 creak at 70, but I just keep on moving. So the more I move, the less I creak. (laughs) Uh, that is so true. So, so if somebody's not currently moving at all, like they're not exercises in a part of their world, like even just starting with a daily 30 minute walk, that's a, a beginning place, even a 10 minute, even starting, because if I say the ideal is get some movement every day, here's a little habit, get your workout clothes out the night before they're sitting, you know, in the mm-hmm. chair next to your bed, wherever you have, and you get up in the morning and you're like, you put them on and you say, I'm going to do it at least 10 minutes. Yep. Whether I go outside and go for a walk, march in front of the TV, whatever I do, 10 minutes. Usually once you start, yeah. you're like, well, I'm already dressed. I might as well do 15. But if you, but if you keep your expectation 
you know, low realistic and realistic and get in the habit of getting that 10 minutes in chances are later in the day, you might even do more now, you know, I work from home. I have a lot of flexibility in my life. Easy for me to say, if you're a working mom or whatever, and you've got craziness, just getting that little bit in, or perhaps that isn't realistic, but you're like, I always have a break at lunch. I can always take my tennis shoes to work and I can go out for a 10 minute walk or whatever, but you figure out something that you're doing 10 minutes every single day because it will build. It really will. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I think we also have to find what works for us. Like I remember when I first started getting serious about exercise, I, I took some, like I, I joined an exercise class and uh, did, you know, some different things in class format. I am actually Mm -hmm. not, what I've learned is I'm not a class girl. I am a, Mm -hmm. put it on a YouTube channel and do it in my own living room girl. I just function better that now there are some people, they love the class. I think I'm, I'm an introvert. And so that, Mm -hmm. that social side of it and, and I'm not highly, um, I'm not a, you know, like I was never sports minded. I'm not super strong. And I would compare myself in a class setting and I would, I just wasn't doing my best. I feel like I do better uh, just doing it at home on my own or, you know, taking a, a brisk walk. I can do it with a friend and we can walk and talk at the same time, or my husband and I will often walk and talk. Um, but I think you got to kind of figure out w- what works for you. Absolutely. That is so important, Jill. And it's such a essential part of all this is, you know, what exercise is the best? What should I do? The one that you like the most that you'll do the most consistently. And you recognizing that wasn't my healthiest environment. Um, I don't, I don't thrive in that. I like the efficiency of home. I have a home gym. Um, I like walking my dog. I I just started doing Pilates because of my uh, leg break and um, some of the things I couldn't do with regard to cardio for a while. And I wanted to force myself to do more core strength. First time I've been in a a gym setting for years, I used to teach and I was always on and teaching and I was done with that part of it. But yeah, find what, and when I say what you love, because maybe at the beginning, you're like, I don't love any of of it. Yeah. Well, because I was going to say, you've talked about rest it, feed it, move it. We'll talk about hydrate it and then think it. So think it is Uh, another part of this, um, a really important part of this that I I don't want to miss. But back to the what you love, you do need to tell yourself messages like, even though you don't believe them at the beginning, I crave exercise. I love how it makes my body feel. You may not say I love exercise, but you know, teach yourself to crave the things that I crave. I crave healthy foods. I crave, we need to rewire our brains and our thinking because yes. always when I crave chocolate, I crave this. I need, I just craving this. No, tell yourself I'm in control of my food choices. I no longer crave and you go, but I do. Well, lie to yourself a little bit because you believe what you tell yourself most often. We've got to tell ourselves the truth of what we want our, our minds and our bodies to respond to. Um, so yep. yes, part of this movement process is teaching yourself to love 
your body and love the fact that how you're feeling and how um, you know at the cellular level your body is getting stronger. Um, I used to hate going up hills and I started teaching myself every time I walked up a hill, I feel great. I, I have this new thing at 70. I'm forever 48. I'm strong and I'm fit and I'm feeling great. I love this hill. I, and now I love the hills. I seriously do love the hills now. And I feel the strength of my husband's like, like you're walking these hills faster and faster. I go, I know I love them. <laughs> I didn't used to love them because I looked at them as, oh, I got to get up on this hill. It's going to be so hot. No, now it's totally turning it around. So um, I love that. And talk yeah. about hydration real quick. Yeah. Um, so yes, Jill, you are so right to add a, that into your list. Uh, we are what 75, 80% water, uh, not Coke, not coffee, uh, not whatever else other beverages you like. And not to say you can't get some of your water. I'm drinking some green tea right now. I also have my flask in front of me. Always, always um, have pure water in front of you because everything happens in a medium of water. Every Every cellular action has to be well hydrated. Here's something a lot of people don't know, Jill. You could drink all the water in the world and be, you know, like I got in my 64 or my 72 or my 80 ounces, uh, at least four and a half ounces in every waking hour minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have minerals in your water, you're probably not hydrating sufficiently at the cellular level. Most of us should be, if unless you have beautiful well water where you have natural minerals already in it, if you're drinking bottled water, filtered water, you need to put minerals back in. And we use a product called Concentrace. Um, we have it on our website. You can find it probably on Amazon, C-O-N. Yeah, actually, I think we, Mark and I use the same one. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Just, I keep it right by my... Um, yep refrigerator where I do my filtered water. I have a whole house water filter, but it's stripped. There's no minerals and our bodies need those minerals. Um, And so I would highly encourage everybody to get some minerals. You might miss it. You're at a restaurant. You don't have the minerals. You have to buy a bottle of water, you know, when you're at the airport or whatever. But um, if you can do it 80, 90% of the time, it's going to make a difference in your hydration. Um, And then there's one other thing, and I'll, I'll give you links to these. um, Yeah. So people can find them called um, cell salts. It's a bioplasma. It's a actual um, naturopathic type of a little tablet, but it helps again, getting that um, water into the cell better. And so I take them a couple of times a day. They're just little, little teeny little um, soft dissolvable tablets, but they make a difference. And interestingly, when I take about um, a little handful of them before I go to bed, I don't get up to go to the bathroom as much because the hydration is getting into my cells better. And then I seem to make it in the morning, which is a major miracle at 70 years old. So yeah, that's great. Actually, we use that as well, but I don't ever do several at night. We I use it throughout the day just so that my body absorbs more of yeah. the water. And uh, I'm going to have to try that because I'm always getting up and going to the bathroom. <laughs> you, can do like, you can do like 12 of them. You can okay. even do 12. You can't really overdose, but you don't want to waste them. But I noticed when I remember to do that at night, um, used to be, a, I was getting up twice a night. It's rare. It's not that I never do, but many, many nights I can, I can make it eight hours and mm-hmm. 
We'll make sure and put links to those in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're like, what was that? Uh, Just check out the show notes. We'll make sure that we have links to those um, in the show notes. Yes. Oh, this was such a good conversation. Um, I want to go back for a moment to your think it because, um, man, we underestimate, we underestimate the power of our thinking and, uh, I think when it comes to our health, um, it, you know, when it comes to our, what you were talking about with exercise, food, just changing how we think about it, uh, as we get ready to go into the holidays, thinking about how I want to maintain my health, the, the messages I tell myself, I'm getting ready to go on a trip, uh, this weekend. And, uh, I'm already thinking about what, how what is my thinking so that, um, I make better choices of food on this trip, even on the airplane, um, you know, uh, when it comes to, do you want peanuts or do you want a, a cookie? Um, and and I love their cookies, but (laughs) I, I want to feel good on the trip. And so I'm already thinking about that. So our thinking is so powerful and making some advanced decisions, because what we think actually does determine what we feel and what we believe, and then ultimately what we do and the results that we get. Absolutely. And you're so wise because see, this is what a healthy lifestyle does. It thinks ahead. It has a plan for tomorrow. We don't have to obsess over it. We don't have to be, it doesn't have to be consuming us, but you've got something, a change coming up and you're thinking ahead. You're planning ahead. So that is a practical thing that people can do is like, I'm going out to dinner tonight. Okay. You know what a really easy thing to do is because now we live in the age of information, get on their website, look at the menu, decide before you even get there. Don't get influenced by what everybody else is ordering or anything else. You already know what you're going to have. You sit down, enjoy whatever, and you make these decisions. And if it's going to be one of your indulgence days or your, you know, 20%, uh, whatever, still decide, you can still choose make healthier indulgence decisions. When we do, we do a holiday um, survive, uh, we call it holiday survival um, little challenge. And we encourage our people to plan out their indulgence days over the holidays. But even in the indulgence day, doesn't mean pull the plug and just go crazy. It's like, well, still choose. Do you want the pumpkin pie and the cranberries? Or do you want the you know, three scoops of gravy and what, you know, just choose. And so you're still, yes, you're indulging, but you're not going crazy. Um, but you're on the thinking part too, though, Jill, I think we forget that there's a lot of deep seated belief systems about what we can and can't accomplish, what will give us pleasure or are feeling deprived. And we need to yeah. rewire a lot of those thoughts. We need to take them mm-hmm. captive. We write two chapters in, in Eat, Live, Thrive Diet, about um, the power of our thoughts and changing our habits from the inside out. And of course, a huge part of it is we've got to to erase and replace those unproductive, negative, unhealthy messages. Some of them have nothing to do with food even. They're just like, I never accomplish anything. I never stick with anything. I can't do this or I can't do that or I don't like extra, you know, it can be a bazillion things that we tell ourselves that are lies and, and we don't have to conquer them all today. but 
again, you know, we've, we've talked about my list of things um, that I'm learning. And I wish I'd learned sooner. I This is one of the things God taught me in my 20s as I was coming out of bulimia and I became a, a brand new believer um, is that uh, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 are powerful scripture to me. It talks about our body and presenting our bodies to living sacrifice. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we transformed? By truth. So we tell ourselves so many lies. And even your healing of cancer, Jill, your survival is dependent on you believing that both God and how he created your body, if you do your part, you can be healed and not have a recurrence. And a, a huge part of your health, there is such a beautiful mind-body connection. That's how God wired us. And so both in faith and the spiritual part, as well as the physical part, it manifests itself because God designed us um, and our emotions are powerful in in how they affect our physiology. Yeah. So we are very complex beings and he made us that way and we want to be biblical and not new agey about it. But he tells us over and over in scripture to set our mind on things above, to take every thought uh, captive to the obedience of Christ and, you know, to think about things that are worthy of thinking about. And so what a great practice in every area of our life, but in our lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. So very true. Well, Dana, uh, this has been a great conversation. Uh, where can people find you online and what do you offer to uh, women out there? Well, our main website that has lots of uh, fun, free recipes and blogs and health information is called leanhealthyageless.com. And we uh, we do a lot of health coaching. We have another website called eatlivethrivediet.com. It just tells you a little bit more about our book and some of our coaching opportunities because we do have an academy, the Eat Live Thrive Academy, where we do interact live like you and I are right now on Zoom, Jill. We um, we coach and do two live sessions a week and uh, lots of interaction with our clients. And so we invite you to visit and find some good resources that hopefully will enhance your life and your health and and um, all aspects. Yeah. And I have read your Eat Live Thrive Diet book. It is an excellent book as well. We'll make sure and put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, Dana, would you be willing to uh, pray for those that are listening and want to take the next step in taking care of their body? I definitely would love to. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Thank you. Thank you for the bodies you've given us, the lives you've given us. You created us body, soul, and spirit, God. And we thank you for the gift of this vehicle. And I, I pray over every person listening to this podcast today that I pray over those feeling frustrated, discouraged, defeated, because they've been maybe facing this off for a long time, just trying to get healthier, trying to get leaner and feeling um, like it's not just happening. And, and what's wrong with me, God? And, you know, we know Paul said the same thing in Romans 7, well, the thing I don't want to do, I I, I do. And the thing I don't, I, I want to do, I don't do what's wrong with me. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would help each person have hope and to know that with you, all things are possible, that you will do your part and help us to have the strength to do ours. I pray that um, the listeners would find good resources to help them on their journey and just to start by transforming their minds with truth, identifying lies and replacing them with truth 
so that we can live vibrant, healthy lives and live out the purpose that you've called us for. We mm-hmm. thank you in advance for what you're doing, that we just have that glimmer of hope to take the next best step for today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.